Lord's Prayer. We've had some fantastic teaching from both Dave and Richard, haven't we? We've focused on our Father, first of all, how we come to God as our Heavenly Father. And that's the place we come to, the place of prayer. And when we come from that mindset, it's so much easier to come into his presence. And it actually becomes a joy to come into his presence. Um, Richard then looked at Hallowed Be Your Name when we looked at the importance and the focus of praise and how praise plays a central role in coming into the presence of God, how praise is something that we do that gives us our focus, helps us to focus on God. And it's again, it's a joy, it's a place where we encounter the goodness of God when we enjoy in his presence. So today I want to talk about your kingdom come. And for me, this is actually an exciting topic because this is all about the goodness of God. And this is all about God's purposes for us here on earth. Um, so it's, it's an exciting part of the prayer where we get to partner with God to see his purposes in the earth. Um, but actually defining what kingdom is can be quite a challenge and actually understanding what the kingdom of God is for some people. I mean, Jesus himself even used lots of stories and said, the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. Um, he talked about it being like the, the farmer sowing the seeds. He talked about it being like a parable of somebody that found treasure in a field. It's actually quite difficult for sometimes to grasp the fullness of the kingdom of God. And I'm not going to try and... There's people that can preach the in-depth technical parts of the kingdom of God. There's elements of the kingdom of God now. The kingdom of God is here. It is within us now. There's elements of the kingdom of God that is to come in the sense that we're going for more, in the sense of in the fullness of eternity. Um, I'm not going to focus on the, the big scale picture of now and not yet, but I'm going to focus on we're living here on earth. How do we pursue God's kingdom come here and now? Um, and if you look at word definitions and meanings, word meanings and definitions um, from the Oxford, Oxford Dictionary, for example, there's lots of different ways they describe the word kingdom. First of all, they talk about there's three divisions of objects, animal, mineral and vegetable. So we have the animal kingdom the mineral kingdom, the vegetable kingdom. <laughs> I've heard of people talk about the animal kingdom. Not really heard many people use vegetable kingdom before, but hey. <laughs> um, we then have a country, a state or a territory ruled by a king or queen. And then we have a realm associated or under control of a person or thing. So, for example, in stories and fantasy, you have things like the king of dreams. And then we have spiritual reign or authority of God. Um, so we have a spiritual reign. So there's a slight definition in the Oxford Dictionary of what the kingdom of God is. But we cannot look to the world's views of what the kingdom is to understand the kingdom of God. To understand the kingdom of God, we've got to go to the word of God. The word of God is the beginning and the end of everything of truth, isn't it? Um, and one thing that really hit me when I was looking at this is that it's quite interesting that the world looks at the fact that there is a kingdom of God. But what have they missed? There's something they've missed out when they think about spiritual kingdoms. And that is that there's two kingdoms. That is there's a kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of the enemy. And that's because the devil has done a great job in blinding people to understanding there is a kingdom of darkness. He's done a great job of convincing people he doesn't exist 
But as Christians, we must know he exists. We must understand about the kingdom of darkness because we are at war with the kingdom of darkness and we are pursuing God's kingdom come. We have to recognise and know our enemy. I'm just going to see where I am with the slides. Okay. So, I'm just going to change pages. So, in the, the Greek word in the Bible, in the New Testament, that um, uses the word kingdom, is, I have no idea how to properly say this, but I think of the, the, the um, herb, basil, basilia, <laughs> is how I'm going for it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows any better. <laughs> when, when you're reading the books to study, you, it doesn't actually show you how to say it. It could do with a button to press to tell you how to say some of these words. And it means royal rule in the spiritual realm. And every kingdom has these things. A kingdom has a ruler, a power source, a realm in which it operates, citizens and laws and customs. And I'm actually going to start today by talking about the kingdom of darkness. Now, people sometimes are a little bit unsure about whether we should talk too much about these things because we don't rightfully want to put undue attention on the enemy. We don't want to rightfully spend too much time focusing on Satan and his demonic powers. But, as Paul said, in um, the Apostle Paul writing to churches and teaching them about these things, said, I do not want you to be unaware of the enemy's schemes. So actually it helps us to be aware of the enemy's schemes so that we can resist them. You have to know your enemy to fight them, don't you? You have to see your enemy before you know what you're fighting. And actually, in looking at what the kingdom of darkness is, there is a beauty and a wonder as we look at the kingdom of God and the beauty and the contrast. And one of the lovely things, actually, in the verses that I was drawing out to illustrate things about the kingdom of darkness is that weaved within every, nearly every verse that you look at that talks about the principles of the kingdom of darkness is weaved within it. It's always within, contained within a verse that talks about the goodness of God. So, for example, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and an abundant life. So actually, even in those verses, there's truth. So as we focus on this, there is truth of God's goodness that we see as well. So we're going to look at, okay, the first of all, the kingdom of darkness. The ruler, we have the dominion of Satan. In Acts 26, verse 28, Paul, is, the apostle, is talking about his calling that God has called him to. And, re and preaching the gospel and bringing the kingdom of God to others. And he says, to open the eye, the eyes, their eyes, those that are listening to the gospel message, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So the ruling power of the kingdom of darkness, we know it's the domain of Satan. Okay, then we have a power source. Okay, Hebrews 2, 14. And again, this is clothed in the truth about God's goodness as well. It's talking about Jesus. He too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might... I can't read my own writing there. By his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Okay, so the, the, same, the power that the enemy has is, is death. But there is great news in this. What's the great news? 
the power, the source, the power of death has been broken by Jesus. And that is fantastic news this morning, isn't it? The power of death is already defeated. <clears throat> okay, so a realm. The kingdom, this kingdom has a realm. And again, it comes in a verse that actually illustrates the goodness of God because the realm is the domain of darkness. But in Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, for he has rescued us from the domain of darkness. So we as Christians know we have been brought out of this kingdom of darkness. We have been rescued and brought into the kingdom of light, which is great news. So we have been rescued. The realm of and Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says... As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live and when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. And the Bible often refers to the world in this kind of way. The Bible talks about the world being the realm where God's rule and reign is in the hearts of people. We know God loves the world. We know God loves mankind and God loves people. But there's an element of the realm of, of the, the, the ways of this world, the ways of those that don't follow God, where they are in the kingdom of darkness, although they are unaware. So the realm of the kingdom of darkness reigns anywhere where the kingdom of God is not welcomed. So the citizens of the kingdom of darkness... And one thing that really hit me when I was studying this and digging this is actually, again, the enemy has done such a good job of blinding people that actually the citizens of this kingdom are not aware that they are citizens of the kingdom of darkness. We have been rescued, as it says, Colossians 1 verse 12, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And that's great news. You and I stand in the kingdom of light we are citizens of God's kingdom, citizens of heaven. Um, but we do need to remember too, we were all former citizens of the kingdom of darkness before we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, before we yielded to his lordship in our lives. We too were like those that don't yet know him in a kingdom of darkness. But in his wonderful goodness, he has brought us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his light and his truth. The laws and customs of the enemy, we see them every day in our lives, don't we? All you need to do, pull on the news, read a newspaper, talk to people that you work with, look around and see the things that the enemy is doing in this world. And we see so many things where the enemy is re wreaking havoc in the ways that he has. It says in John 8:44, he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So <laughs> when the enemy works, you can guarantee there are lies. You can guarantee that there's no truth in the kingdom of darkness because the enemy right from the start lied and deceived mankind. John 10, verse 10, the thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy and again, we look around in our world and we see these things, don't we? People's lives broken because the enemy has wrecked havoc into their lives, robbing them from the goodness that they could experience and bringing destruction. Revelation 12.10 also says that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. And I know we've all heard that voice in our mind. You're not good enough. God can't forgive you. 
oh, you've done it this time. You're just not good enough for God. The accuser of the brethren, one of the roles of the enemy is, to, is that he, he accuses us and comes against us and seeks to prevent us pursuing God's kingdom through accusing us and lying to us. But the good news as we look about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness, the good news that we have is that the kingdom of darkness has an expiry date. Revelation 20.10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The kingdom of darkness is going to come to an end. And the rule of our Saviour and our God is going to go on forever and ever and ever. And there is a day coming when weeping and sorrow and mourning and pain are left behind. There is a day when sin and sickness and all the strategies of the enemy are put under the feet of Jesus and we get to reign with him for eternity. It's incredible, isn't it? This is the good news. So even as we look and identify and recognise these principles that the, the, the kingdom of darkness has, there is great news because this is a temporary thing and we are looking forward to the day when Jesus reigns Lord over all. The operation mode of the, of the kingdom of darkness, fear, shame, Right at the beginning, when Adam and Eve listened to his lie and took from the fruit of the Garden of Eden, right at the beginning, immediately, what was their reaction? As soon as they knew God was coming, they were afraid and they hid and they felt shame. Okay, the enemy's strategies, when the enemy is in operation, these are the things you will see. Fear, shame, sickness, slavery to sin, deception, abandonment, hate and death. All tools of the enemy, all things that we see at work, in our world today. But now, we move on to the exciting good part. This is the part, the good news, the thing that we get to celebrate, we get to be part of, and it's incredible. God could do this all on his own, but he chooses to partner with me and you to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And he chooses to partner with us so that we can pursue all his purposes. The ruler, of course, is Jesus. I'm going to read to you from Isaiah 9. There are prophets in the Old Testament who looked to the days that we were we, the, the days to come and, and prophesied about these, the days that were to come. And they prophesied actually to the time when Jesus was coming, but they even prophesied beyond that to the whole of eternity. That's what you call incredible prophetic gifting, isn't it? Okay, and um, there's some great things that God spoke through the prophets. So let me find Isaiah 9. Okay, I'm going to read verse 2 first of all. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. So mankind living in darkness, living in the enemy's realm, and this is the truth, a light has dawned for us, a light has dawned for mankind. And then reading from verse 6 to 8. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. You're going to sing it with me. <laughs> I'm not going to sing, don't worry. I've done enough crazy things this morning. <laughs> and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. How incredible. How incredible. This is the wonder that we are brought into this glorious kingdom and it's going to grow and increase and increase the rule and reign of God, the power of God, the authority of God. All these things we're going to see an increase here on earth and in heaven. Here on earth and for the whole of eternity. It's already happening in heaven. (laughs) Here on earth for the whole of eternity, we are going to experience and encounter his goodness and his glory. A power source, so we've got the spirit of life. Romans 8, verse 2. For in Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So where the enemy's power is death and his sin, we have the law of the spirit of life that has set us free. We are no longer under the power source of the enemy. We are under the rule and reign of our God. Ephesians 1, 18 says... Far above all rule, all authority, all power and all dominion. The power and authority of Jesus is far, far greater than the enemy. We are not talking about two kingdoms with equal power. We are not talking about two rulers with equal power. The enemy, Satan, is a fallen angel. He is not omnipotent God. He is not sovereign God. He does not have the power and authority that Jesus has. So Jesus' rule is far greater, far stronger, far above all authority and power. The realm that we're in, the kingdom of light. And I think that's in 2 Peter, but I forgot to put the thing on there. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know if you know this, again, many probably do. When you gave your heart to Jesus, you were taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you were put in the kingdom of light. You are now in the realm of the kingdom of light where it operates in truth and openness and clarity and sight, where the enemy works in darkness and blindness and deception. We have the privilege of being in the kingdom of light. Philippians 3, 20 to 21. But we, this is the citizens, who are the citizens of the kingdom of heaven? But we are citizens of heaven. Woohoo! <laughs> Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our saviour. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same power which he will bring, with which he will bring everything under control. You and I are citizens of heaven. That's not to say when we die, we go to heaven. Yes, we do. But you and I now are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are seated in the heavenly realms with Jesus Christ. We are seated in places with him. And we have the goodness, I'm saying that a lot today, the goodness of God. We can see things as he leads and as he guides us in these things. So the laws and the customs of the kingdom of God. First of all, love is the primary law and custom. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. The great thing, the kingdom of God is all about love. Everything God does is about love. 
everything that God is, is about love. There is nothing that's not love within him. Everything about the kingdom of God is about the love of God and knowing his love and knowing his goodness. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it is righteousness, peace and joy. What a contrast to the kingdom of darkness that we live in this realm where we can access his righteousness, his peace, his joy, whatever circumstances are going on in the world around you, whether you're facing challenges and difficulties, whether you're facing difficult situations right now, you, because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, can still carry his peace and joy, even when your circumstances are difficult, even when you're going through hard times, because it's part of the kingdom of God. You have access to his righteousness. The wonderful thing, we don't try to strive for our own righteousness, but it's his righteousness on which we stand. And it's an increase of righteousness, peace and joy. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. There is power in the name of Jesus. We have talked about it this morning. We have prayed together with people this morning because we believe there is power to bring transformation. We believe there is power to heal the sick. We believe there is power to transform the circumstances and the situations around us as we walk with the, in the kingdom of God and as we walk in alignment with God's purposes in our lives. And it also says, Luke 10, verse 9, heal those who are sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Where the enemy is sated to bring death and destruction, stealing and sickness, and Jesus comes and heals everybody whose life he touches. And Jesus brings healing. And again, we have access to be healed ourselves, but to release healing to others as we pursue the kingdom of God. So the operation mode of the kingdom of God, love, hope. I forgot to add grace in there. Grace is very important. <laughs> the empowering presence and grace of God. Identity and sonship. We are not abandoned the enemy says, yeah, do what you like. I'll pretend I'm not here. And the people in the kingdom of darkness don't know to whom they belong. And yet we, you and I, we are adopted as sons and daughters. We are the beloved of the creator. We are loved and adored by our heavenly father. Fruit of the Spirit, if, as we walk in alignment with God's kingdom, as we walk in his purposes, then we will see the fruit of his Spirit. Again, when you contrast that to the kingdom of darkness, lies, deceit, killing, stealing, destroying, and the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Which kingdom do you want to be in? There's <laughs> a good reason the enemy blinds people who don't know him. Because... Who would not, who would not say yes to God if their eyes were not blind? Who would refuse the goodness of God? Who would refuse his love? Who would refuse his kindness and his favour and his faithfulness if they understood it? But the enemy seeks to blind them so that they cannot see. So healing, freedom, abundant and eternal life. You know, we are eternally secure in his hands. Yeah, we, we have abundant life here now, but we have abundant life for the whole of eternity. In the journey that I went on last year and was during my sickness, and I, you know, as I, as I shared with you guys, and I, I know that you heard, I felt I was in a win-win situation. Yes, it was challenging. Yes, it was hard. 
but I'm in a, a win-win situation because either God heals me and I live, hallelujah, I'm here, we praise God for that, or I get to spend eternity with, with him. Because no matter what the forces of the enemy, no matter what the kingdom of darkness says, you are in his hands. And God, Jesus said, I, you are in me. I'm going to put my hand this down for a minute. <laughs> you are in me. I am in the Father. You are held tightly in God's hands and the enemy cannot rob you. <laughs> the enemy cannot take you out of God's hands. You are in God's hands and you are held secure. Thank God that we have that confidence and that assurance, abundance and eternal life. So modelling prayer, your kingdom come. Um, I, I was debating when I was doing this and I hadn't had a long enough discussion with David about it. I was like, do I do your kingdom come and your will be done? Do I separate it? In the end, I decided to separate it. But for me, when I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, all kind of blends into similar prayers. These are the kind of things I pray when I pray your kingdom come. All the things we're talking about, God's kingdom rule, what does God's kingdom rule look like? It looks like people encountering his salvation, being rescued from the kingdom of darkness and brought to light. So I pray, in my, when I'm praying, I pray for salvation. I pray specific for people I know that, I don't, that don't yet know the Lord. And I pray general, God, over Northampton, souls saved over Northampton, bring the lost in, rescue people. I pray also for healing and deliverance and a demonstration of God's power. Again, specific and, and general. There are people amongst us that need healing. There are people in our families that need healing. There are people we know. But we also are pursuing, as a church, we are going after a breakthrough in healing in our lives, but not just in our lives, but out there in the streets, in our workplaces, in the communities, in the world that we live. So again, for me, I pray specific and general. Lord, heal Richard's back. Give him strength and bring an end to this. Lord, heal Clive. Give him breath and may his heart work well. Give him strength. And then, Lord, release your healing over Northampton. Equip us with the gift of healing that we can release it, that everywhere we go, whether we're in Tesco's, whether we're in our workplace, whether we meet our neighbour and talk to them and they tell us they've got a backache, that we can see that release, that as we pray, we see people released. In our course that we've been doing on healing, there was a good phrase that was, that was used. It was this, contend in the private place and take risks in the public place when it comes to healing. So we contend in the private place in our prayer, in our prayer and your kingdom come. We want to see a release of healing. And then we take the risks as we step out and we see someone in need and we say, can I pray for you? And we put our hand on them and we say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And I believe the time's coming. I believe the time's coming, the release of healing's coming more and more. We are seeing at the minute battles and it's almost like the enemy's trying to say, na, 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 na. But we know who has the power and who has the authority. And I believe we are going to see a release of healing in Living Grace Church and through Living Grace Church into the community. And we are going to continue to go after that. And we are praying for an increase of his righteousness, peace and joy. And this is where I actually bring this to the personal as well. So I pray, we know we have the righteousness of Christ. We are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. But we also know we battle sometimes with our flesh. So in this part of my praying, if I've got an area, so for example, 
self-control with eating is one at the moment that I'm seeking to get win a battle over. Okay, so I ask for the righteousness of God. I ask for the truth of God. I ask for the revelation that will help me overcome in that area. So I pursue for me the righteousness of God in my life and I, I make it specific to what issues God's highlighted. Sometimes when you're reading, you get that conviction, don't you? Sometimes when someone's preaching, you get conviction of something that needs to get sorted. Sometimes as you're praying, the Holy Spirit drops something in your heart and you need to confess it before God and you need to ask for his righteous rule. You might have a battle with anger. You might have a battle with um, loving people. There might be somebody you're really struggling to love because they really rub you up the wrong way. And this is where you contend in that place for righteousness. And you say, I have the righteousness of Christ, but impart to me the grace to overcome my flesh, to stand and to overcome these things and to get the victory in my own life in this area. And then we pursue peace and joy, as we said earlier, peace and joy in every circumstance. Even when you're in the midst of the battle, you can carry peace and joy. And again, there is more peace and joy. When I read the New Testament, sometimes I look and I think these disciples, they were experiencing persecution. Their lives were on the line daily. And yet they were overflowing with joy. Sometimes we read it and we kind of almost don't realise the depth of that. Their lives were overflowing with so much joy that when they were put in prison and whipped and physically tortured in agony, they were celebrating and rejoicing in the joy of the Lord. There is more joy for you and I to encounter. There is more peace for you and I to encounter. And this is where we go in the private place. Yes, impart more of those things to me. And again, you can pray it for others. You see others going through difficulties, speak the peace of God over their lives, declare the peace and joy of God over their lives as you pursue his kingdom come. So in pursuit, I think that might be the last slide. Yes. <laughs> so when you model in prayer, it's not, as, as we've said, it's not about you've got to pray in a certain way, in a certain order, but it's pursuing his kingdom come. God gives you and I the privilege of partnering with him to see his kingdom purposes here on earth. And how many times, you know, God answers our prayers. We pray for somebody that, that needs healing. We see them get well. We pray for somebody that is lonely and lost, and we see their lives turned around. We pray in our own circumstances, your kingdom come, your rule, your reign. And we believe what a privilege we have to pursue his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven.